Good morning, Solid Rock family. Glad uh, that you are joining us this morning online. Merry Christmas. I trust you've all had a great Christmas time. It's been a different Christmas, but I pray and hope that it's been a good Christmas, an enjoyable Christmas with family and being able to enjoy those things. Uh, my wife Winona and I want to extend season greetings. Merry Christmas to all of you and also a great 2021. Can't, uh, I don't think it's going to be hard to, to beat 2020. So <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Before I get to what I'd like to share, I want to talk about 2020 today. I want to take a little bit of time this morning and kind of review 2020. But before that, I want to take a few moments and just say thank you. Thank you to all the church members, those that call Solid Rock your home, those that have been a part of this fellowship. Thank you. It has been a year. And it's not just a local thing. It's been a pandemic throughout the whole world. And I want to thank you for being who you are, being strong, being fervent, being giving and generous, being careful, being caring, and, and being there, being understanding. So thank you. I want to thank, also I want to thank our church team. All of you who participate on Sundays and throughout the week doing things from greeting people to the library to janitorial to everything that is involved, our social media, thank you. This year has put an extra burden on, on all of you because we've had to change and adjust midstream to these things and I want to thank you for that. Thank you for, for being so faithful. Thank you for, for being so flexible. Also want to thank those that have come in and preached with us and with, with me and, and our team, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Louise, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Brenda, Pastor Sean, Pastor Ariana, uh, Charlene and Adrian. Charlene last week I think preached an amazing sermon and uh, I really enjoyed it. So thank you for not just being in the day-to-day -day activities involved, but also on the Sundays um, coming and taking care of that and carrying a load. And I also want to thank my family. Um, we've all been through a crazy 2020, so I just want to take a few minutes and thank all of you and my family as well for everything you've done, your flexibility, the changes that have occurred, and how you have all just been a part of it and just jumped in with all your hand and your feet and just said, let's do it. So thank you. I want to I make sure I, I say thank you to all of you. All right, 2020. I don't think anybody guessed or even figured out uh, a year ago what 2020 was going to look like. And... Uh, being the the phrase 2020 and they say hindsight is 2020 i'm sure a lot of thoughts were oh it's going to be like this and they had visions and stuff and and i found out pretty quick it, it happened i think in the middle of march when things in, in in our area came to a screeching halt and how all of a sudden things changed literally overnight so what have i learned what have you learned? There's a few things that I wrote down. One of the things I've learned is what can be shaken will be shaken. In Hebrews, 
the, the, the writer of Hebrews talks about things being shaken. And, and as he's talking about that and writing about that, he refers to the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. And what I have found through 2020 is there has been a lot of things shaken. A lot of things have shaken. But what I have found is the kingdom of God has stayed firm, has stayed real, has stayed secure. So I, I'm, I'm giving you a few thoughts of things that I've learned and I'm, I'm hoping you've learned. And, and maybe uh, you may want to write in, in the comments of something that you've experienced in 2020 that you've learned. But I've learned that what can be shaken will be shaken. And the purpose of that is to get to what cannot be shaken. There's things that I've had to let go. I thought I could plan things. I found out in middle of March that I couldn't plan things. It was not in my ability to plan some things. I had to learn how to plan it differently. Because sometimes when you plan things, if you plan something with the expectation of somebody else doing what you require to happen, you will find out that your plans can be thwarted and frustrated. And a lot of people this year, as we were looking at 2020, they made plans, and some of their plans were based on other people performing or other people doing things, other people with input. And when 20, and when, when, March, the middle of March hit and everything came to a screeching halt. All of a sudden, all those best laid plans, they got laid to rest because what we found was those things that could be shaken were shaken. But the kingdom of God remains firm. It also, I found it pushed us to our limits mentally and in some respects physically, emotionally, um, spiritually. But what I found also is, as it pushed us to our limits, I found that we also found an extra resilience that maybe we did not know we had. I found that as I thought I couldn't take any more, because there were moments when I was exhausted. As a pastor, I found it sometimes quite exhausting. If I can be honest with you, I found it quite exhausting at times when literally every two or three days other things were being spoken about COVID and, and all these changes, and it was exhausting. And when I didn't think I could handle it anymore, what I found was I was able to extend myself. But why was I able to extend myself? Another spiritual and biblical principle is I came to the throne of grace and I called out for grace. And I found, I found a lot of believers learned how to tap into a spiritual strength, a spiritual grace that maybe we hadn't experienced before, but because of the situation, the dynamics around us that were none of our doing, they weren't things we planned, they weren't things we did, they weren't things we said, it was all exterior changes and challenges that came and affected us internally and personally. We learned how to call on the name of the Lord, and we learned how to cry for grace. I believe Zerubbabel, it says that he, he looked to the mountain, and he cried grace, grace to the mountain. And in Hebrews, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. I also found in that aspect that there were times and there were moments when all I could do 
was cry out to God. And I mean cry out to God. I don't mean like, God, help me. It was like, God, help me. I was, I was, necessary. I was needing him. I, I was needing him. And I learned how to literally yell out to God, to cry out to God, because I have been in need of only what he can provide. So there are some blessings that have come out of 2020. There are some good things that have come out of 2020, but there have been a price and there has been some pain and there has been some discomfort. And what I've learned is as I've been pushed to the limit, I've found that through the grace of God and because of the grace of God, that limit was extended because of him. It wasn't anything I did. It was because of the grace of God that I was able to see things and go beyond what I thought I was able to go beyond. And I've seen that in many, many believers, doing things we've never had to do before, learning new graces, learning new manners, learning new ways to express ourselves. And as I've done that, I've seen other believers as well. And the grace of God has been overflowing and people have been experiencing greater things because they've learned how when they've come to the end of themselves, it's not over. When they come to the end of themselves, it's not over. Then the grace of God kicks in and all of a sudden you find that you are overreaching, overextending, and going beyond what you could handle into what God can do. Grace, pushing us to their limits. It's in Psalms. If you want to see some, some pretty explicit and pretty powerful Psalms, read the Psalms and see how many times the psalmist cried out to God. I cry out to God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I don't think the psalmist was writing that because he was doing great and having a great day. There were times when all the psalmist could do was say, you know what, no matter the circumstances, no matter the enemies around me and the pressure against me, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I have learned and I have found a great strength and a great release in crying out grace and crying out to God. In Psalm 69, I want to read a couple verses from Psalm 69 just to show you some of the emotion and some of the stress that the psalmist had and experienced. It says, Save me, O God. Psalm 69, verse 1. Save me, O God, for the waters have threatened my life. I have sunk in deep mire and there is no foothold. I've come into deep waters and a flood overflows me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. Can you see and feel the emotion of the psalmist? And that's not the only psalm where the psalmist, whether it's David or another psalmist, is crying out to God. And in the situation where they're at, they're able to take that situation and say, this does not control me. This does not determine my actions and reactions. But all this does is point me to the need and the necessity of how much I need God. Cry out, learn, learn how to cry out to God. For it's when you cry out to God that you get to see what God can do. 
2020 has been a great revealer of that for me. And I'm just learning. But I have learned and I have learned and I have learned how to cry out to God, how to call for his grace when, when I might not feel I, I deserve it, when I might not even feel like I put myself in the proper place for it, I still have learned to call out for grace. Even in the middle of a difficulty, cry out for grace. What has it shown us 2020? Here's another one. You can't control everything. 2020, man, I thought it was only going to last this whole pandemic thing like for two or three weeks. It was going to be a little blip on the screen and then life would continue. And it's like, man, we're nine and a half months into it and it's going to continue for a bit longer. I thank God for the advances and stuff. But I tell you, if you think you can control everything, learn how to let go and learn how to let God Control freaks had quite an interesting year. And by the way, that's all of us. We're all control freaks. You might say, I'm not. Yeah, you are. I've learned, I have learned that I am actually a control freak. And those around me might say, duh. But sometimes we are the only ones that will not see it or say it. But I learned that there were things I could not control. And it frustrated me at times. It drove me bad. It was like, ah, I want to be able to control. What can I do about this? I remember having conversations with, with my family, with my children, with my wife, and, and just saying, hey, Winona, what do you think about this? And she just looked at me and it's like, just let it go. Because I wanted to try to control this or manipulate that. And what I learned how to do is, and I'm still learning it, is that there are things that I cannot control and still to enjoy the moments and the process and the time even when I am not in control of that. Because there are some things I can control. I can control my actions. I can control my thoughts. I can control what I say. I can control what I think. It says in the Bible to take every thought captive, which means I have that ability. So although I may not be able to control things outside of the vehicle that I'm driving in, I'm able to control those things in me. And as I learned to be able to control those things better, it caused a greater outcome for those things around me. I mean, we've learned phrases like the new normal, pivot, adjust, change. Here's a new word for you, masks. Nobody thought of that word 12 months ago. But we've learned how to adapt, how to change, how to flow. And those are things that we could not necessarily control. But what we've learned how to do is to control those things inside of me. And I've done that, again, through the grace of God. What's another thing? Your plans can get derailed. Planning and controlling quite often are very related. 
And I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, because as we go into 2021, and next Sunday, I want to talk about a word that God gave me for 2021. So if you continue next Sunday with me, you'll catch the word. But right now, um, there's been a lot of people planning what's going to happen in 2021. And what I've learned is there's only so many things I can plan. In the Bible, in Proverbs, it says, make your plans, but then the Lord God directs your steps. It's okay to plan, but then submit your plan to God. Take your plan. Take your thoughts. Take those things. I mean, we had plans. People had plans for 2020. And a month and a half, two months into 2020, all of a sudden those plans were getting threatened and getting squashed and getting moved and changed. Why? Because that sometimes happens. So take, take your plans. Write them down. It's not a bad thing to have plans and to write them down, but then bring them before God and say, Lord, this is what I'd like to do. Would you direct my steps? And then give yourself permission to move or to change or to adjust because sometimes the plans we write may not be the plans God has for us. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the, the prophet Jeremiah is writing, and he's writing the words, a prophetic word from God. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. So submit your plans to the master planner and see what he can do with them. Because he says, I've got plans to see you prosper, to see you succeed, to see you in good health. And God says, I have a future for you and an expected end. Planning. I found out in 2020 that I might as well just squished up my plans and throw them in the garbage and say, okay, God, I'm on it for the ride. Let's go. You say, well, this is a real spiritual message. There are sometimes we need to look at life, the world around us, and get perspective on what God is doing in the world around us so that we can know what steps to take. There's a group of people in the Bible called the, the tribe of Issachar. And the children of Issachar, I'm not sure if it was the tribe, the children of Issachar, they discerned the times and they were able to understand what was happening and they discerned the times and they were able to make and Advant or take advantage and make advances in those moments and in those times. Why? Because God had gifted them. So take your plans, submit them to the master planner, and then say, God, give me discernment, give me understanding, give me the flexibility in my heart to adjust and to change so when you move, I move. When you go, I go. Instead of saying, no, that doesn't fit my plan. My plan was to see the church grow by this much. And we haven't had church for how many months? My plan was to see this much happen in the church, but we even had, haven't even had programs happening in the church because there's been so many restrictions. So we, if we're not careful, those things can cause us to get frustrated and anxious and all tied up in a knot. Instead, we've got to say, God, I submit this to you. I did not see this coming. I... I didn't see it coming, and I'm pretty sure you didn't either. But what we can do is we can decide how we will move forward. 2020, what a year. 
Can't make plans. Here's another one I found out in 2020. And I struggled a little bit with this one. It's not all about me. If, if I can be just a little bit honest with you, <laughs> I didn't like the idea of wearing a mask because God gave me this face and I want you to see this face and now I put this thing over top of it. But what I realized was, David, it's not all about you. Are you prepared to walk and to walk with others who maybe are struggling or literally have physical constrictions or concerns? And I found out that I had to adjust and say, it's not all about me. And in a world and in a culture today of rage, a culture of quick answers, a culture of free thought, a culture of just say whatever you'd like, a culture of if it feels good, do it. That goes against so much of that. And I had to learn, you know what, it's not about me. It's about others. It's not about me. It's about each other. In fact, the Bible... See, I have to get the Bible into this sermon because um, that's what we're here for. We're here to grow in God. But the Bible talks about each other and one another. In fact, in the New Testament, um, there's approximately 100 verses that have the phrase each other or one another or a similar phrase talking about relationships or other people and not just the individual. About 100 verses. There's in the neighborhood of 50 one, one, uh, one page would say 49, another page would say 59, instructions to the believers about one another. I'd like to read just a few of those for you. Here, be at peace one with another. How does that suit for 2020? Here you go, Facebook. Don't grumble. I'm not even sure if we use the word grumble anymore. Don't grumble among one another. The phrase that I think of is, is uh, one of these real, real outlandish TV shows, reality shows. Don't grumble among one another. Be of the same mind with one another. Here's another one. Don't boastfully challenge or envy one another. Gently, patiently tolerate one another. Love one another. That one actually has like literally like 10 or 11 verses attached to that phrase. Love one another. You think that might be important in today's world. You know one, one thing I've learned about loving one another? Is as I've given up my quote unquote rights, I have seen other people breathe easier. Love one another. Here's, talk about love one another. Tolerate one another in love. So, you got to tolerate me. If, 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 if that's what you have to do, do it. Tolerate me in love. Be devoted to one another in love. Give preference to one another in honor. I'm just reading you a number of verses that talk about the one another's. Serve one another. 
Wash another one another's feet. Wash one another's feet. Don't be haughty, but be of the same mind. Be subject to one another. Don't judge one another, and don't put a stumbling block in a brother's way. Speak truth to one another. These are verses, and by the way, these are, for those people that that struggle, these are New Testament verses. You say, well, that's legalistic. This is the Old Testament. No, this is the New Testament, and this is how we are to create and to grow in with each other. I have found it's not all about me, and it's not all about you, but it's all about us. That's a big lesson that I've had to learn. It's not about me, and in today's culture, everything revolves around me. In today's world, I can voice my opinion and I can blast it out there and it's all about how I feel. And you know what? It's not all about me. It's not all about you. These are lessons that I've learned and I'm sure you've learned in 2020. One another, one another. There's there's a whole list of verses and sermons that can go with that passage. Care for one another. And the last thing I want to to talk about is is what what I've learned in 2020 is how much I need God. It might be the last point of my sermon, but by all means, it's not the last thing I've learned. I learned this, and this is one of the most important things you and I can ever learn, is how much I need, how much you need God. And I would be amiss and remiss and completely miss if I didn't tell you as your pastor and as a spiritual person of faith and a believer and a follower of Christ that the first and most important thing that we need is we need to learn how much we need God. How much I need God. I've learned those other lessons But as I've learned those lessons, what I've learned in all of those lessons is how God helped me, how his grace sustained me, how he pulled me through, how he gave me the ability, how he directed me, how he corrected me, how he led me, and how he instructed me. And I learned in all of my lessons, I took the back seat and God took the front seat. And as I learned that, I learned how important it was to have of God as number one in my life. And I'm here to tell you as your pastor and as a person of faith, a follower of Christ, make God number one in your life. And how do you do that? One of the ways I've learned how to do it is to say, to learn how to respond and instead of responding with my first thought, take a moment Take a breath. God, what would you do? God, what would you say? God, I'd like to run this person off the road right now, but I'm not sure that's what you want. What do you want? God, 
can I just speak my mind, God? Just give me five seconds, and then I'll repent. And what I've learned is as I've grown in all these changes that 2020 has highlighted and shown me in my character and in my behavior is that I need God. And a few things I want you to understand about God is he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He doesn't leave you. And he doesn't forsake you. Forsaking is not just walking away. It's walking away and not coming back. And he does not do that. He doesn't leave you. And he doesn't ever forsake you. It says in Hebrews to come boldly to the throne of grace. And what I've learned in 2020 is I need God. And I've learned that I need him more. I thought, I thought I had a grip on that. But what I've learned is as all these things have come at me at 100 miles an hour, I've learned that I can't react or respond sometimes in the proper manner. And I need God to help me. And as I've submitted to him, as I've learned to take my thoughts and put them away and say, God, what are you saying in this situation? I have learned that I've made steps. And I've moved forward. I got a few thoughts here. How important is God in our lives? He is the air I breathe. Paul wrote in Acts, he actually saw an inscription on an idol that says to the unknown God, and then it says, in him we live, move, and breathe. And, he's, and that the people that day, the Greek people and the Roman people, they were writing about uh, Zeus, who's the god of some, some mythical god. But Paul took that and said, let me tell you who is the real one in whom I live and breathe and have my being. And that's God, our Savior. In Job, uh, of all places, <laughs> Job it talks about there's a number of references where it refers to the majesty of God, the goodness of God, and how God is the one. He's actually the air I breathe. I, when I breathe, I breathe in God. Another thing is, as you, you do that, what you find out is the world and the people around you are in desperate need of hope. And God is the God of hope. And if God is the God of hope, and I'm ambassador, an ambassador of king, that makes me a hope dealer. And listen to me closely and hear it correctly. I'm a hope dealer, not some other dealer. I'm a hope dealer. I am the one that conveys hope. How do you do that? Well, one of the ways you can convey hope is a smile. You say, well, I got a mask on. People can see it in your face. Say a, say a comment. You go ahead. Go in front of me. Open the door. Hold the door open. Even with six feet, people will still run through a door if you open it for them. Give people hope. Let them see in you the difference that they are looking for because they are looking for a difference. The last thing 
If I could wrap this all up this morning, if I learned anything in 2020, it's how much I need God. If I've learned anything, and this has been a year like no other year we've ever experienced, I need God. When everything around me is changing, He is constant. When the world is having massive mood swings, He is constant. When opinions are being attacked and people are being alienated, he's never left me nor forsaken me. So this morning, as we near the end of 2020, and some of us are saying, can't get here soon enough, I want to ask you one question. Is God number one. And you say, well, I go to church every Sunday. I do this. I give. I, I support people. I'm, I'm a generous person. I'm charitable. Let me ask you again, in, in 2020 and all the things that have happened, what I have learned is God is more important in my life than ever before. Is God number one? And just answer that question you and God have an open dialogue. And you say, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not, well, although sometimes, no, I am talking about salvation. But I'm also talking about I'm a follower of Christ. But sometimes I've let other things get in the way. Is God number one? Amen. In closing, I want to just say, let the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God bless you. See you next Sunday, the first Sunday of 2021. Join us. God bless you. Have a great new year and fun festivities. Have a great week. God bless you.